This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Available now from Dynamis Books, Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett. The compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel. An immersive experience with more than 300 photos, including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books. Available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The King of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. 
the Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. All right, we've got a lot to get to, including the latest uh, from the headlines, which we will uh, tear apart in this way. We will see what is happening. We will figure out uh, why it is so important, and we'll try to apply how it matters to us in our daily lives. That's all straight ahead. Kevin McCullough, we get started right now. Well, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Thank you for being here and um, so grateful uh, for each person. And I don't know if you uh, caught the coverage as the uh, debate uh, unfolded last night. My home station here, AM 970, The Answer, uh, had the uh, debate uh, stem to stern. And our very own uh, Hugh Hewitt did an admirable job of asking some pointed questions that I think needed to be uh, answered. Uh, Many of the same questions he's asked on his own show of some of those candidates as they've been on uh, from time to time. Uh, But I, I, I find it interesting that the position I had last night, which was anchoring the 8 to 10 coverage on the Salem News Channel, uh, g- gave me a unique perspective that I did not expect to to get. When, when we were preempting uh, my Radio Night Live show here on the radio, uh, Salem News Channel called and said, can you, can you host the 8 to 10 te- TV hours for us? And so I said, yeah. And what Salem News Channel did during the debate that NBC had the TV rights to was we did preview coverage going up to the debate. Then during the debate itself, we cut to the alternate event, which was the live Trump speech 15 miles away from the debate. And then when we were done with that and the analysis there, I kicked it back to Mike Gallagher back in Miami, and he picked up the spin room coverage from there. And what was interesting about that was that as I'm looking through the numbers today, the numbers for NBC were not good. The The debate did not catch fire last night. And I know a lot of people that were in attendance, uh, friends of mine, strong conservatives that were in attendance at the debate. Uh, the room where the debate was held had about maybe 2,200 people that it could seat. President Trump packed a football stadium in Hialeah, Florida, 15 miles down the road, and had 10 times that amount show up for his live speech. Um, he also brought out Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who not only introduced him but endorsed him prior to his speech. Um, and there's a lot of people that are saying she might make the kind of ideal vice presidential candidate uh, for Trump. They were they were saying this while Nikki Haley was, in some pundits' minds, competing for the vice presidential slot on stage at the debate. Now, here's how this is going to go down, friends. And I'm, I'm not confused about this at all. Um, Nikki Haley is not going to be part of the administration. If she is, she's not going to be a part of the immediate administration as it comes in. There may be some forgiveness and 
well wishes after all the dust settles, that may change. She she would make a, a formidable partner in the Trump administration. She was a great UN ambassador, but she's not going to get the VP slot because she had said she wouldn't run against him. And then she jumped in. So President Trump, former president, seems to uh, not be inclined to, you know, go with people that break their word. He just it's a thing that bugs him. And who, who can blame him? I, no, there's a lot of people like that, um, and I don't think that it's uh, a bad thing. But it's interesting that my friend Mary Catherine Ham, writing for FoxNews.com today, uh, drew this observation. She had an opinion piece, and she said, the big winner of the Republican debate in Miami last night was, and this was the word she used, consolidation. She said that Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis showed why they are kind of head and shoulders above everybody else. And then she kind of just dismissed uh, Chris Christie and Tim Scott kind of out of hand. They just weren't impressive. They didn't break through. They didn't. There was not a serious uh, impact in any way to the race by what they had to say or do last night. Vivek Ramaswamy, while he had a lot of momentum coming out of the first debate, it appears that he is. He is just eating himself to, for lunch um, and doesn't seem to be aware of it. Last night had a, not a good performance and many, many critics um, today saying that he's just he's just not done himself any favors. And if you look at the overall numbers, um, Donald Trump was at 55 percent going into the first debate. Ron DeSantis was at 44 was at 14 percent going into the first debate. Nikki Haley was at 2 percent going into the first debate. Uh, Ramaswamy was third at 7%. Pence was fourth at 4%. Going into last night, Trump was up to 59% in the polls. Uh, DeSantis was still second at 14%. Zero movement since the first debate till now on on his part. But Nikki Haley had gone from 2% to nearly 10%. So it is, I think Mary Catherine Hamm is right, that those two are the ones that are now really competing for that number two slot. And to be honest, I just don't think it matters. I I, I think what's going to happen, and I could be wrong, I reserve the right to be wrong, but I think what's going to happen is that uh, Trump is going to win in Iowa. He's going to win in New Hampshire. He's going to win in South Carolina. He's going to win in Florida. And by the time they go to Super Tuesday in the on the fifth or sixth uh, election contest, he's going to win the majority of those states. And I, I don't I just think after South Carolina, there's no reason for anybody else to be in the race anymore at that point. If you haven't broken through, and I mean, and I don't mean come in the top three. If there's only five people still in the race, getting in the top three is not that big of a deal, especially if Trump is is taking the majority of the shares at more than 50 percent. I really think the more useful thing for conservatives and for Republicans who really want to see the issues addressed that they all care about, they all care about the economy, they all care about national security, they all care about parents' rights, they all care about making sure that America is made stronger, not weaker, before our enemies. They all care about that. I think that if they really do care about the welfare of the country, that if not a single one of them have broken through by South Carolina, they all drop out. And they say, that's it. You know, no further. In 16, it was different because Ted Cruz won Iowa. He uh, came in a very close second in South Carolina. So he had one and a half of the top three in his pocket. 
he had a reason to keep going, to keep campaigning. These guys don't. They're not getting anywhere near. And and in fact, they're slipping. If if Trump was at 55% and DeSantis was at 14%, that's a 41-point swing uh, to open the first debate with. If Trump's up to 59% and DeSantis is still at 14%, he's going the wrong direction. He's losing ground just standing still. So that's, and I, I, I thought... The Salem crew did a great job. The pregame with Mike Gallagher, Hugh Hewitt on NBC, uh, Andrew Wilkow, uh, what we did for the speech, the the spin room after. It was really good stuff. I was really proud of Salem Media and for everything that we uh, put forward last night on the radio side. I thought it sounded great as well. Um, it was just, it's just, I just think it's an exercise in futility at this point. And I hope that people begin to understand that. My only my only kind of um, struggle with Mary uh, Catherine Ham's piece at foxnews.com is that she kind of intimates that there's a chance that Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis could break through. And friends, there's no chance. There is zero chance. Th- this incumbent and that's really how he's running. The man who should have still been president. He's he's the strongest candidate I've seen in his position ever in the modern era. It'd be interesting to see. All right, coming up, we've got to Professor um, Alan Dershowitz. Hope you'll stay right here. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock, and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down, and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north, into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten, and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief. And then they raped me. 
My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Collette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us for a few minutes here is uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, who, of course, is the uh, uh, chairman emeritus of all constitutional law in all of North America, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Professor, it's always good to have you. Thank you for being here. Before I'm happy to be there, yeah. Before we talk some legal stuff, I want to know your thoughts on how the proceedings in Israel are going from your perspective. Well, in Israel and in the Gaza, they're going the way they ought to be going. Gaza is in the process of being annihilated. The problem is that in the United States on college campuses, um, we're seeing rampant anti-Semitism in the guise of anti-Zionism. We're seeing claims that Israel is committing genocide. There are videotapes of Israeli soldiers accompanying civilians from Gaza, helping them walk and drive and take uh, 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 carts uh, from the north to the south and putting putting them in areas where they're safe. And that's certainly anything but genocide. So uh, Israel is winning the war on the battlefield, but unfortunately it's, uh, it's, it's losing the war against anti-Semitism on college and university campuses. And of course, scratch an anti-Semite or an anti-Zionist and you'll find an anti-American. And so a lot of this 
is really an attack on American values, on Judeo-Christian values, on Western democracy. And uh, Israel's fighting not only for its own survival, but I think for the survival of decency and humanity, considering what happened to 1,400 Israeli civilians plus 241 who are being held in captivity today as hostages. I want to ask you about the... um the protests here, because these have bothered me more than anything else. And it's not just yourself. I have a number of Jewish friends that are contributors to my shows and we, we are deep and dear friends, even though I'm an evangelical and uh, they practice Judaism, but Israel is a common love to both of us. And so this is just something that's very passionate. But when, when I see the outrageous hostilities that have been tolerated on these college campuses and not just their uh, professor last week in in Brooklyn on the streets two weeks ago a massive Sunday night thing got together I mean these are not small yeah. gatherings it well these seem- are somewhat yeah these are just like the gatherings that used to occur in my current neighborhood um at Yorkville Yorktown around Second Avenue where there used to be a hundred thousand Americans uh cheering for Hitler and uh and doing heil hitlers and wearing wearing uh swastikas that those were americans in 1938 1939 Mm. they filled madison square garden with heil hitler salutes and so uh it's not surprising students have been on the wrong side of so many battles Uh, they supported hitler they supported stalin uh they supported the ayatollahs um and so just because they're students doesn't mean that uh, they have anything to say that we should listen to these are the modern version of Hitler Youth. Uh, they're just taking orders. Uh, they're ignorant. They're listening to people like Barack Obama, who obscenely made a comparison between what happened on October 7th, rapes, kidnappings, burnings of babies, and uh, Israel's non-occupation of the Gaza Strip. And when people like Obama make statements like that, young people listen, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and their professors are propaganda. Well, and it's not just and him. this is the future of America. Yeah, that's not just him. It's current Congress members like Rashida Tlaib and others. But let me ask you this. From a legal perspective, is there anything that we peace-loving, Israel-loving citizens can do to shut these protests down? Or would you discourage us from thinking that way? I don't think they should be shut down. I think the same rules should apply as universities, for example, would apply to a Ku Klux Klan uh, uh, demonstration in favor of lynching blacks or a sexist demonstration in favor of raping women or a homophobic demonstration in favor of shooting gays. That's the criteria that ought to be used. If you allow that, then you have to allow anti-Israel demonstrations as well. But if you would ban, if you would ban these other racist and sexist uh, statements, then, you know, you have to, you have to apply the but same the difference, standards to anti-Jewish statements. Yeah. The difference in this day and age, though, is that the Ku Klux Klan is so distasteful, Americans won't go near it. The other yeah. protests that you, you mentioned are so distasteful. Why aren't Americans understanding the vileness of what these demonstrations are advocating for? A lot of them do. A lot, a lot of people do. And a lot of people are disgusted. I know I know friends of mine whose own children are participating in these demonstrations mm. and they're disgusted and they're revolted. What can they do? It's their children. Uh, that's the problem. The problem is that there are so many people who are otherwise decent uh, human beings who uh, who think that Israelis are are somehow less than human. You know, black lives matter, but Jewish lives don't. 
Black Lives Matter itself in Chicago uh, praised and, and glorified the murderers right. by putting up uh, uh, posters. And people are ripping down posters. Can you imagine somebody ripping down a poster of a kidnapped three-year-old uh, because that will somehow uh, benefit uh, Israel and its propaganda war? I mean, we have a deep, deep-seated problem of not understanding the difference between good and evil. Yeah. And uh, um, it goes deeper than the Israeli conflict. It's going to tell us what kind of a country we're going to be uh, in 10, 15 years from now when these uh, Hitler youth are running our country. It's a very frightening prospect. Let me ask you about the regional issue, because something that we're hearing in a lot of the national security circles is that obviously Iran has played a, a big part in funding Hamas right. and making sure that they had weapons and everything else. Um, Iran has nuclear capacity. Joe Biden is is begging, pleading on his knees, begging us to get back into the uh, nuclear deal. Um, yeah. There is this idea that they can be reasoned with and be brought to the table. Yeah. But the Russians are the ones doing the negotiation. So how do we how from your perspective and if you had your wish list, how would we deal with Iran going forward? Well, that's very simple. I would uh, make sure that once this conflict in Gaza is cleared up, that the Israeli Air Force, with the logistical support of the United States, uh, destroys Iran's nuclear capacity. Because if you think Iran is bad today and they're the worst exporter of terrorism around the world, imagine them with a nuclear umbrella, with a nuclear arsenal. So Israel and the United States together have to destroy Iran's capacity. And there's every good reason for doing it. Iran started this war. Iran, Iran is pushing this war. And uh, Israel and, the United, and Iran is killing American and, and, and wounding American soldiers right. in the process. And the United States has every right, um, a much greater right than they had in Iraq and in Afghanistan to go after Iran. You don't need a ground war. All you need is Surgical the Air strikes. Force to destroy the uh, reactor. You need bunker bombs. Uh, Israeli intelligence essentially knows where these uh, atomic facilities are. Now, some of them are probably buried under hospitals. And so that's going to pose, again, the problem of collateral damage when enemies put their nuclear weapons uh, under hospitals, how does a democracy respond? Very difficult. Very, uh, very true. Um, let me just ask you uh, last question on Israel. Sure. The, um, the idea that they can handle Hamas one-on-one -on -one is not a problem. There is yeah. this, since the protests have gathered steam across the globe, not just here in the country, you've seen even the Biden administration kind of inch away a little bit from its very strong yeah. support initially. Are you concerned at all that we get worn down and somehow lose the determination to stand with Israel as strongly as we need to? And what happens if Israel does lose America? Well, that has uh, happened in the past. Uh, it happened in the Yom Kippur War, where Israel had the entire Egyptian army surrounded and the United States made them uh, give the army an opportunity to go back you know, the best guarantee of peace in the Middle East is no Iran, no Hezbollah, no Hamas. And then a two-state solution will be possible. Yeah, no, that's well said. Available now from Dynamis Books, Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett. The compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel. An immersive experience with more than 300 photos, including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books. Available
available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free. Balance of Nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I'm older and I have more energy, just like all the commercials that I see on TV. So it really is a help uh, to my well-being. I'm 80 years old. I clean up after 450 kids in a cafeteria for three hours. And then I clean 300 steps. And then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours because you know, for an 80-year-old, that's a lot to do. And I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans Siberian Orchestra live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans Siberian Orchestra live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? 
Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Panel guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. It's Thursday, and uh, grateful to have Kelsey Bowler back with us, who, uh, besides uh, fighting the good fight for the Independent Women's Forum, is fighting the good fight in her home, busy mama of three, big projects in the works that she's working on, and still has the ability to uh, chat with us. Uh, Kelsey, as always, thank you for your uh, time. It, my thoughts ran to you this last week um, and the work that the Independent Women's Forum is doing because one of the things that we've really experienced in great numbers here in New York is the um, continued, uh, what I would say, just horrific uh, reality of people walking around tearing down these posters of the missing women and children in Israel. Um, and a lot of times it is women that, is, that are actually the ones taking down these posters. And when they get confronted on camera, they don't like being outed. They don't like being seen. Uh, they don't like being exposed for what they've done. But we've actually had some city employees fired and some others uh, uh, deeply ashamed and embarrassed. There's been a couple of private sector people that got fired from their jobs because they did this. Um, your, your reaction to this phenomenon? Kevin, these videos have gone viral for a reason. I think most of us can understand um, there's really no justification for tearing down photos of innocent hostages, including a nine-month-old baby who have been held captive by terrorists. And so when the individuals tearing down these posters get confronted, they have a very difficult time defending themselves. I think they deserve to be videotaped. I encourage anybody who sees people tearing down these uh, these posters to confront them, to ask what they're doing and why, and also hold them accountable, which, yes, means sharing their names, because I don't think any Jewish person in America feels safe working alongside anyone who would do this. Um, I don't think it's fair to put any Jewish person in that position. And as a non-Jewish American, I don't feel very safe around them either. I don't yeah. want to share spaces with anybody who objects to information being shared about innocent hostages, including babies. So this is a time, I, I think this is beyond cancel culture. This is a matter of life and death in some cases for Jewish Americans. And we have to use our voices to stand up, speak out, videotape, call out anybody who is tearing down these posters. Yeah. Well, you know that I have a lot of Jewish friends that contribute even to this very show, uh, Bethany Mandel, Carol Markowitz, others that are with me on a regular basis. And as a Gentile Christian, um, I stand with them 1000%, but I have been dismayed Kelsey, at the repugnant behavior of these people, that if it were any other group, 
they would they would be the first to yell you know everybody must stand with them if it was if it was um a a bunch of homosexuals that had been taken hostage uh, gay groups would be up in arms if it was uh, african americans that had been taken hostage the NAACP would be demanding that action be taken and that these hostages be brought out but because for some reason it's jewish people and specifically zionists people that believe that the state of israel should exist then they are uh, then they are, I guess, thought of as less than human. I mean, I spoke with Alan Dershowitz just today, um, and he said that this is uh, this is not only the case. He goes, but if you if you scratch an anti-Zionist, you will find an anti-Semite, and if you scratch an anti-Semite, you'll find an anti-American. The truth is, this runs against even our most core American values, does it not? Right. And where is the moral clarity and leadership from the Biden administration? This is a time when many of us who are openly very conservative. They're busy fighting Islamophobia, Kelsey. Right. And that is so disappointing because this is a time when as a, a very passionate conservative, I can put my politics aside to champion the Biden administration for doing the right thing when it comes to standing with Israel and standing against anti-Semitism. Yep. Now, on on the foreign affairs front, you know, they uh, President Biden has defended Israel's right to defend itself, but unfortunately, his press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, does not appear willing to uh, call out. Uh, the activists who are tearing down these posters. There's no moral clarity on what should be a very black and white issue yeah. uh, regarding fighting anti-Semitism. And I unfortunately think uh, the Biden administration is getting very nervous about the political ramifications of its foreign policy, of its decision to rightly stand with Israel, which is why we see uh, the administration deciding to make an issue of fighting Islamophobia when anti-Semitism attacks have never, um, in my in, in my lifetime, been more prominently on display um, in the United States. So it's very disappointing. Follow her on X at Kelsey Bowler, B-O-L-A-R. And uh, Kelsey, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. Uh, we have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. 
But I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. Uh, and she grew up as a slave's uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work, but because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog. If you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk. So the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, as she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, she would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave. And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. happening in New York or across the globe. Learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. So glad to have you with us uh, on this particular day. On Thursday, we like to talk parenting, and I'd love to invite my good friend Shelly Goldberg back to the microphone because, well, she's talked about parenting for many, many years uh, here in New York on uh, New York One and, of course, with Kevin McCullough Radio for the past several years. And Shelly, you had a little experience this week that served as your inspiration. That's right, Kevin. I was out with friends and I was shocked to see this toddler uh, very excited about asking mommy and daddy for more avocado, more cucumbers. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, that's every parent's dream, <laughs> right? To have their kids. I don't know uh, where your kids are at. I certainly want to hear from you, but I would have loved that to have been my children. And I thought, there's got to be a way. So I did some wonderful research and I have some places that parents can go. By the way, there's a wonderful website, todaysparent.com, uh, that talks about eating and healthy eating and with some great tips. Uh, but I put together a number of them to give your listeners some direction so their kids 
grown or toddlers or grandkids will be asking for avocados and cucumbers. All right. All right. So number one, creativity works, mom and dad. That means if your kids are not crazy about apples, then try the apples dipped in peanut butter. Get out the cookie cutters. Uh, decorate those scrambled eggs and make scrambled egg funny faces using peas or broccoli, but allowing your kids to play with food and being creative is, you know, especially for older kids, playing with foods for the younger kids, being creative is for the older kids. That really works. Two, the 80-20 rule, 80-20. So you're basically telling your kids that if they can make nutritious choices 80% of the time, you and the missus will, you know, make room for pizza, the ice cream, the fast food. But, you, you know, you, you'll, you'll give a little. But at least 80% of what everyone is eating should certainly be highly nutritious and healthy. Three, avoid the food rewards. That means please don't say to your kids, cookies for good behavior. <laughs> because what, what happens is your kids start making this connection, this association between food and praise. And then their emotions are going to end up deciding if they're hungry or not, not if they're really hungry. Right. So, right. So give them kind words, give them stickers, give them hugs, but don't give them M&Ms as a reward. All right. Four, try and tune into the real hunger cues. When your kid says, mom, I'm bored. Pause for a second. Maybe they just need to be redirected to the Lego, you know, or, or or a new board game. Sometimes kids will say they're hungry, but it's it's really they're searching for a new activity. So so take a pause before you you start bringing out the food. Five. When you find a winner, Kevin, build on it. If you see your kids love carrots, then it's carrot steamed, it's carrots raw, it's carrot muffins. But go to it when you find that there's a winner. Six. Serve family style. That means one big table filled with bowls and platters and let your kids decide. So they, they are serving themselves with, with what they want to eat and what they want to decide to eat. You don't want to be a short order cook. You don't want to make five meals for five different children. Seven, don't make dessert tempting. Don't say, if you just eat your broccoli, you, you know, then you're getting this for dessert. Eight, when you're serving, make it one new thing and one known. So always serve at least one thing that you know your kids are going to eat, and then you're going to introduce something new. And when you do introduce something new, it's 10 times. That's the rule. 10 times that you keep serving that new thing, whether it's broccoli or cauliflower, and you can serve it in different ways. But your kids need that much time to see if they're if they're going to like it. Gotcha. Okay. Snacks versus treats. Know the difference. Uh, snacks should be something that gives your kids energy and that's wholesome and fruits, nuts, whole grains, uh, a treat. We know what that is. M&M's a sugary drink. We, we, we know what that is. 10, the food you have in your house should be in line with your values, with your family values. If you really are talking about nutritious food all the time, then what the heck, why do you have tons of Oreo cookies and ice cream? There should be berries in the house. So don't say one thing and do another as a parent. 11, check your attitude about cooking. If you're always complaining, not you, Kevin, but if if there's a mom or dad or grandparent out there complaining about cooking all the time, you're pu- you're literally pushing your kids towards fast foods. So 
just kind of have a talk with yourself and, and, and see where you fall, where you really, how you really feel about putting together a meal for your family. And by all means, teach your kids everything you possibly can about food. That means trips to farmer market, farmer's markets, trip to the, trip, um, trips to the food store, growing food, reading about nutrition, but make that a constant uh, subject that, that you just infuse into your daily conversations with your kids. Kevin, your thoughts? No, I think there's a lot of really good ones on here. I will say I've probably um, done the 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 food tempting um, badly uh, because I have I have tempted dessert uh, if they will eat uh, the the nutritious part of the the meal. But I think you're right, especially about the um, keep in the house. You know what you want them to eat. Um, we don't. We're not one of those families that has just you know shelves and shelves of pop tarts and cookies and you know cakes and all kinds of stuff. We may have you know a box of cookies in there for the month, and that's what they get their treats for you know after dinner. But for the most part, uh, my bride loves to cook very healthy meals, and we try to you know uh, honor that and and go along with that. And I like the idea of introducing new with known like that's a very practical way to say hey you like this try this bite of this as well and um and and go through that with them and i've also noticed shelly that over time when they don't like something at one age they oftentimes will grow into liking it at a different age and uh the vice versa is also true sometimes they like stuff early on and they don't like it as much later but tastes do change particularly for children that are you know, growing and, and changing themselves. And I think it's really important that, you know, parents don't beat themselves up for the stuff they can't control. You just do the best you can. And, 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 you know, you, you just remembering what your pediatrician says, your, your kids, not, they're not going to die. <laughs> they will eat before they, before they go hungry. So uh, it's, it's something that they will do a good sign. Anyway, Shelly Goldberg, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son, the king of all kings. The greatest story ever told Can we, can we is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. 
I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com, promo code KMC. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. you need to know when you need it it's kevin mccullough radio all right uh, kevin mccullough glad to have you with us and kind of rounding out the broadcast um this breaking news well last night while the debate was going on um in fact right around this time it was announced that uh, the u.s was carrying out airstrikes on uh, different targets um in the middle east and syria and iraq and so forth and uh today in fact breaking news just a little while ago the pentagon is saying that u.s bases in iraq and syria have faced four more attacks since we responded yesterday the four new incidents bring the total for attacks on u.s forces since october 17th to 46 i want you to think about that for a second We've had our positions attacked. We're not in Israel. We're not, we're not talking about being in Israel. We're talking about our fortified positions have been attacked 46 times since 10 days after October 7th. In less than a month, 46 attacks. Three of the attacks occurred in Syria, two involving rockets, another being a drone attack. The attack in Iraq used drones, said the Pentagon. The U.S. reported three minor injuries in one of the Syria attacks, but the three other attacks caused no injuries and no damage to infrastructure. Three service members injured have already re returned to duty. The U.S. is seeking to deter Iran from entering Israel's war on Hamas 
deploying considerable assets to the region, critics argue that the dozens of attacks indicate that the operation is failing. However, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure that I disagree with that assessment. I mean, I'm not, I'm the last one in the world to say, woe is the U S when it comes to our military, because I believe that we are, we are that good. Even when we are at our weakest, we are still that good. But 46 attacks and it's, it, they're not even being reported in our media. You know, we've lost, what, two dozen uh, servicemen in the process of these attacks. And thank goodness none yesterday or today due to them. But um, we, we, have to, we have to hold a firm line. And it's not just Israel that's involved in this. Now we are kind of playing, you know, tit for tat, responding to these things. And some would argue that maybe we need a stronger response, period. Maybe a stronger message just needs to be sent. Who knows if we have the will to do that? I pray that we do. Friends, the world is a very dangerous place. I think you can realize that by just watching the headlines day in and day out. But that's why we need good information. That's why we need uh, honest brokers of information. And that's why... I'm committed to doing that for you as long as I'm given the opportunity. I'm Kevin McCullough. We'll see you next time.